0: No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Happy Monday. We're getting your week started off. And listen, as we do each day, we help you dig deeper in within yourself to find what's true for you. You're going to get to hear an amazing testimony and example of just that. We have a special guest that's going to join us in just a little while. And I've been playing her song on the show, All It Takes, so you don't want to miss that. Ms. Candace Woods is going to join us in just a little while and give us her inspirational story, how she... Discovered her truth and how she's just living happy and in peace with every moment. And when you hear her story, you're going to understand more. Of why I'm saying that, but stay tuned. We have our current event poetry coming up with Miss Lois Powers in just a moment, and of course, we'll end up with politics with Valerie Sun. We're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll get started with the show, so that gives you some time to get comfortable. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in, and then also, you want to take pen and paper out to take notes or even a copy down any website that you may hear, okay Class is in session. life is all about what you make of it, okay.
1: The Savings Mart is your one-stop shop for just about everything. We carry many quality brand-name products for seriously discounted prices. One of such great brands is the Medca brand, which you may now know because of the high quality of their products and by how much variety they have to offer. Medca has an extensive range of products, from health to household to toys. If you have a use for it, they make it. Search The Savings Mart on Google. OnlineThriftOutlet.com is an online marketplace for buying gently used fashion, art, jewelry, and antiques. Shoppers can buy name, brand, fashion, art, jewelry, and antiques at low, low prices. We believe that quality does not have to be sacrificed because of price. There are many items that never need to be purchased new. We bring those items directly to you without leaving the comfort of your home. Shop in convenience knowing that you are saving dollars and gaining quality at the online thriftoutlet.com
2: Royal Destiny Salon and Spa where you are royalty specializing in children's hair natural weaved and relaxed hair looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks but also how healthy it feels then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you, 724-734-8043. That number again is 724-734-8043.
0: In order... For your dream to happen, you have to make it happen.
3: You read it, come and get it, you want it, come and get it right here. Come and get it for real. Just come and get it. Takes work, but you can get it. Takes time, but you can get it. Stop talking. Come and get it, keep pushing, and you will get it. You hope and for it.
1: We're uniquely unusual merchandise with a side of fun? At shopmagoos.com, we've been selling online since 1998. We sell items you won't find in most major retail stores. We add new items frequently to keep it fresh, and we offer same day shipping. You can shop our store on eBay, Amazon, and 11Main.com, or head to shopmagoos.com. S H O P M A G O O S.com. Like us on Facebook. Search Magoo's General Store. Join the fun. Get $30 free in two easy steps through the best online prepaid debit card promotion from MISBO Promotions, a BBB-accredited business, and the NetSpend prepaid debit card company. Offer only valid to first-time NetSpend account holders. Visit Get30Free.com. That's G-E-T. Three zero FREE dot com, get thirty free dot com.
0: Would you like to have instant control of your retirement fund? Perhaps buy real estate, make loans, or buy precious metals and hold them at home, all with your IRA? Well, Checkbook IRA is the answer. With clients in 50 states and 31 countries, they have been helping investors take control of their retirement accounts by creating an LLC that is owned by your IRA and naming you the manager. You will have instant access from your local bank account, armed with the Authority to invest and sign all the necessary documents, you'll have the freedom to take advantage of investments you're interested in, not just what your current custodian offers. Check them out at checkbookira.com.
4: Checkbookira.com.
5: This needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said Tell the whole world about it This needs to be said Oh this needs to be said Tell the whole world about it This needs to be said Oh Tell the whole world about it This needs to be said Oh Let's keep Let's talk about it. This needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it.
6: This
5: needs to be said. Oh, tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said.
6: This needs to be said. Tell the whole world about it. This needs to be said. Oh, tell the whole world about it.
5: This needs to be said.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. Head on over to thisneedstobesaid.com and check out all of our free classes that we offer so that you can register for any that you want to. If you're thinking about writing a book, we have an expert that's going to come and show you just how to pull that process together. If you're looking to make yourself beautiful without much hassle with a little bit of makeup, we have a class just for that with the celebrity artist that is going to be on as well. So you want to go register for those classes, check out what we're offering, and they're all free to attend. We're getting ready for Ms. Lois Powers as she shares with us what has happened in current events over the past week through her spoken word. So at this time, welcome Ms. Powers, how are you?
4: Fine, thank you, Catherine. How are you?
0: And today we
4: have... Looking for love Looking for love in all the wrong places What's love got to do with it? Two convicts on the loose Because you fell in love Now the two convicts are on the land And you're getting ready to go to the slammer Two murderers are free Free because you Because you fell in love with love Now you will be the one You'll be the one behind the bars. Who, who, who will help you to escape? Who will set you free? The Creator gave you a brain, but your brain, your brain, whirled you and went lame. Now your husband will divorce you and become a free man. What's love, what's love got to do with it? Our prayers and sympathy go out to you you fell, you fell in a living hell. Shame, shame, shame on you. Stop, stop, stop. Stop looking for love in all the wrong places. The next one I have is pretend. Ten. NAACP, white woman, leader, pretending to be black. I'm a white woman, but I pretend, yes, I pretended to be black. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed my role. I'm not looking back. Stop, stop hating on me, because I chose, I chose not to be white, but I chose, I chose to be black. And Bush, when he voted, he claimed to be Puerto Rican. No one has called this white man who's running for president to task. I'm a white woman, but I chose, I chose to be known as black. I mind my business, I don't dip my nose in yours. This is America, land of the free, land of the brave. Get a blood transfusion, make sure it's from a black. Girlfriend, no one can deny you one drop of blood from a minority will qualify you as black. Back in the day, a president served three days in office. Because he had a drop of black blood, he was kicked out of the office of the President of the United States, because he was considered black. Let the haters, let the haters deal with that. Pretend, pretend. Yes, I pretended to be black. My next poem is Peace. Bombings, stabbings, and shootings. Planes falling out of the air. Destruction, destruction, destruction. Calamity all around us. Calamity is everywhere. This seems to be the norm, the norm in the world today. Bullying, fighting, chaos, 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 chaos. Father's no longer wearing the pants in their home. Children now running the show. Drugs are the new gods in their lives. They don't listen to anyone. Not even you, grandma, mom, dad. They running things on their own. the day, are country clubs for the prestigious that went amok of the law. At night, we're now afraid to sleep, not knowing what devil will enter the home. Personal possessions become your possessions to keep for your own. The king of the house no longer guard the castle, the new busy roaming place that will bring disaster to him and his own. American Red Cross, blood drives the of peace. Precious red blood to save lives is still spilling, spilling down the street. Still collectors keep the phone hot but minimum wages are still at an all time low I pray the streets of gold don't lose its value oh my god that these are up in heaven stealing the gold know what I told you I told you I told you I told you not to forgive them and let them in That's because they can you thank you you can get free poems by writing me at post office box 558 Glen Olin, Pennsylvania, 19036. And then I'll send you a list of all my books. Again, that's Post Office Box 558, Glenn Olin, Pennsylvania, 19036. Until next week, thank you, and God bless you. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome.
0: I was hoping she did one about the NAACP. Shame on them. Smack their hands. We're going to get ready for our special guest, Ms. Candice Woodson, in just a little while. She has an amazing story of survival. Her voice will captivate your ears when you listen to her music as well as your heart. She answers the call for those who love soulful R&B music with a talented, unfiltered voice. Born in Kentucky, she began singing at five with her older sisters, and they called their group the Park Sisters. Although her roots are in gospel, after high school, she began to explore other avenues of the music industry. She is the first to graduate from commercial music program, from the first commercial program in Tennessee, State University in Nashville, and she is a professional recording artist. She has a background in gospel, R&B, jazz, as well as pop. We're going to get to hear even more of her story. That's a very, very t- tiny tip of the iceberg that we're going to get to spend some time with this woman who has overcome tremendous life circumstances, and now she considers herself to be back on top. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to jump right into our discussion with Miss Candace Woods. <music> much for joining us today and stay in tune with us today. To so this needs to be said, I told you we had a special guest come in, Ms. Candace Woodson. Will tell us how she feels like she's back on top after overcoming uh breast cancer, total mastectomy and reconstructive surgery. She's been recognized during National Cancer Survivors Day uh, on June 7th. So that is huge because we know that that is something that really impacts w- and women and she is here. Uh, to share that story, we're here also to hear her music and talk about her journey up to this point and where she sees herself going in the future as she leads the way for many other women that have been affected uh, by breast cancer as well as having a dream to do something bigger than yourself. So at this time, I'd like to welcome Ms. Candice Woodson to This Needs to Be
2: Said. How are you?
0: I am doing fantastic,
2: and how are you?
0: I am wonderful and excited about this opportunity to spend some time with you to talk about your journey. And we see that you've been singing um, since you were little, and this has just been something that's a part of you. And then life has taken some turns with you, and you're back. You feel like you're back on top uh, with what you're doing. So. And and some people may say you, you never lost it, so I'm emphasizing yeah. you say that you're back on top, but you may have always been on top to some because your story is very inspirational. So I want to get um, to the beginning for you as you're in, introducing yourself to some people as well as reintroducing yourself to others who know your work and have mm-hmm. experienced your music and experienced just being around you. Uh, where does the love come from? Did Did you always... Have that, you yes, know, you were singing with your sisters, but did you have that love for it then like you do now, or has it developed oh. over the years?
2: Well, I've always had a love for music. I can remember, um, you know, I grew up in the church, and I can remember when my father had taken on a new church in Louisiana, and some of the church members came over, and I can remember my mother saying, sing for them. And I was just five years old. And I'm thinking, you know, sing for for them. Why? Because even as early as five years old, there was something that was unique about it at that age to be able to project what I could project so young. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: from there, my sisters and I, we ended up having our own little group called the Park Sisters. And then when we decided we needed a name change, we called ourselves the Golden Tones. And so uh, we just went around to different churches, traveled all over uh, the South and, um, you know, all over the country pretty much in the United States singing gospel. And it just never left me. It, you know, they went on to get married and, and do other things. But for some reason, even in high school, the you know, the choir director, he pointed out there's something different. She can sing anything. Have you heard her? And unless mm. someone helps, got, helps to guide you to let you know what your gifts are and to let you know you're doing something really unique, it's very hard to grasp it. It's very hard to uh, to embrace it. And I think that's what took me a while. I would hear it, and they would say there was something different. But okay, now that I've got different, what do I do with it?
6: Mhm. Mhm.
2: Now you didn't just stay with
0: gospel. You have a range—R&B, jazz, and pop. So, how did you make that transition from gospel? And then I also want to know how much um, grief did you get for crossing over to R&B, jazz, and pop from gospel?
2: Uh, oh, that's any? a great question. Oh man, I'm so glad you asked me that because I did receive grief. And what made me kind of what made me cross over. And I worked in the gospel field. I used to be director of radio promotions for MCG Records, and I was an air personality for uh, WNSG, 1240 AM, and uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So I I was around the gospel industry. I understood how it worked. I worked alongside, you know, the very prominent gospel artists. And when I realized, I said, you know what, we need Christians on the other side of the market to help encourage those to realize that God loves them too and there's a right way to do it because I don't care if you're a christian you still fall in love you still want to embrace the challenges of this world and you got you have to know how to do that and even with jesus christ everything was just not where it was they went to a wedding they they had outings they did different things so i said god i feel like my place i feel like you're telling me that i need to go and cross over on the other side and show somebody how they can do it the right way and that you are the author of every good and perfect gift and you're not unjust and you won't keep any good thing from anybody and so just like you're blessing those others in the world Because of their faith. It doesn't necessarily mean that they uh, consider themselves Christians, but they have a faith and a belief that they can achieve. So I need to show them by having that faith and belief in you, Christ Jesus, that you will bless me in this industry. And then I can do a great work on this side. And that's how that came about.
0: And what, what what was the grief that you received? Because that sounds like it that should have been a good enough explanation as to why this was okay to do.
2: Because it was like, what would be the need to uh, just some in the just some in the gospel industry saying what would be the need to do something like that when um, um, we are supposed to be separate? Uh, how much of an example could I be by being on the other side? And um, why wouldn't I, since God has given me this talent, why wouldn't I really basically use it only just for the Lord without them knowing that everything we do is for the Lord. We get up in the morning, Mm -hmm. it's for the Lord. Everything we Mm -hmm. do is for the Lord. So I'm I'm here to tell that message. I'm here to be that testimony to show this is what God Mm -hmm. will do for you.
0: No matter what genre of music now, as other people who may be tuning in not only living their dream, overcoming adversity, but someone who wants to be in the music industry, can you give some insight or will you give some insight because I'm sure you can? will you give some insight on some of the things that may be myth versus fact in the music industry for
2: those who are dreaming of going in this direction okay, where well, myth. Miss- is that no one is an overnight success, success, no one. I don't care even if you see them young, they started from the womb. Somehow they started, but it's not an overnight success. It takes work. It takes um, luck. It takes um, uh, resilience. It takes so much to even get inside of where I'm at right now on your show. Uh, This has taken me years to get to this point, although – I've been, you know, striving to be in the entertainment industry all of my life. I would stop and start, stop and start. Mm -hmm. I would suggest to anyone the key to know that you belong in this business that you can't do anything else, that I don't care what you're doing, the music keeps calling you. And that's what happened to me. No matter what I would go on to do, the music kept calling me. And so what mm-hmm. I started doing, I started acting as if. I started claiming it. I started speaking it. So when people would ask me what did I do for a living, i said say, I'm an entertainer. You know, like, they're like, where do you entertain? Nowhere right now, but that's who I am. And <laughs> eventually those places became available, and eventually opportunities came my way, and it's something about, putting it in the universe and sowing that seed and speaking it and claiming it and becoming a part of it and putting in the work. That's what LeBron James said last night. It's in the work. Oh, okay. And it's and <laughs> something about this industry. You have to put in the work. It's not going to be easy. I've heard no so many times. I cannot tell you how many. That's how many times I've heard it. I don't even know how many now. I've just heard it so many times. But because mm-hmm. their no did not dictate my passion when I went to Tennessee State, one reason why I, I went to school to get um, a music degree because I always felt like whenever I made it, I never wanted people to say, oh, she can sing, but I wanted them to say, and she's qualified and she's educated because she put in the work to understand the business, she put in the work to be able to not only sing, but be able to operate a record label one day, or be able to function in other aspects of the, you know, aspects of the industry. So that's the, you know, I want people to know that it's not easy, that it does take work. But you need to tell everybody that you know that you're passionate about it. Like my instructor said, don't do this industry and then say but I'm going to be a carpenter just in case because I'm going to have that to fall back on. He said you'll fall hmm. back every time.
4: So oh, you yeah. have
2: to be it. If you're an entertainer, you're just an entertainer, and you're just going to have to let the Lord provide. So, you know, if you've got to eat beans, whatever you have to do, you have to wear the same shoes, don't worry about it because you're being true to the craft. And somehow, just as he promised, you ask, you shall receive. In his timing, who knew it's just taken me years, but in his timing, you will have the increase because he promised he's not unjust, God who cannot lie, he promised. And that's what people see now. This is a movement, and I need everybody Mm -hmm. to come and join me in this movement that you can live out your dreams, that you can overcome cancer, that you can overcome hard times in relationships, that you can still love your kids and help them live out your dreams, but you can also live yours out too. And that's what helps Mm -hmm. them understand the importance.
0: Now, you said that you've heard no more times than you can count, and then you've heard people say she has something different. Did you get confused when you heard those no's in the beginning when they said you have something different and then people were telling you no about whatever it I was, did. but I have something different? So what do you mean no?
3: Give I did. I, I did.
0: Because you are, you are many years past that now um, from what you're saying so what was that like in the beginning, that confusion of I have something different, something special, but you're telling me no?
2: Well, the thing is, okay, they're telling me no, but I have something special. But then help me. If I have something special, well, why won't you help me? Mm-hmm. And, I re- and I realized because they weren't the ones. They weren't the chosen mm-hmm. ones. You know, when, mm-hmm. it's, when it's a part of a plan for you, what's for you is for you. There's nothing anybody can do about it. But there's Mm -hmm. a select few that God has chosen to help you get to that path. And those people are there to, sometimes the no's are to build your character. They are to make you stronger. Sometimes the no's are to test your faith because my my faith has been tried. Because sometimes I would say, well, God, will I ever make it? I mean, come on, I am trying everything I can do. Will you please open a door? Will you please surround me around somebody? Will you please, you know, you know, help me in some type of way. Let that person come that believes in me and says, Hey, I'm sponsoring you and I'm putting I'm putting you out there. Well it didn't happen like mm-hmm. that for me. I had to constantly I had to constantly sell myself. I had to constantly tell people that look, I can do this. Believe in me, I can do this. And I'm realizing that that's where the power is, is when you, that individual, is telling everybody, I can do this, mm-hmm. believe in me, I believe in myself.
6: Mhm.
2: I like I like that. I like you
0: got to put in the work. I like that there are no overnight successes. I like that you know is what you're supposed to be doing when you can't stop it, when it keeps calling you back to it. No matter where you go or try to run from it, it calls you back to it. And it, we're talking about your dream. So all of this is huge. Uh, there's lots of work that goes into it, focus um, that goes into it. You qualified yourself. You position yourself to be an expert in your field, I'm going to get credentials um, to further your education of the industry, definitely putting yourself out there and selling yourself, letting the world know that I believe in me, you should believe in me too. Now, compared to what you've overcome with cancer, me not being able to pay my light bill, and I'm saying me in a broad stroke, not being able to pay my light bill is like stumping my toe in comparison. So what was it like when you learned that you had breast cancer but you have this dream, this is what you were put here to do, this is your gift? What was going through your mind at the moment that you found out this is what's happening in your life?
2: Well, the first thing is I have children. So when I Mm -hmm. found out that I had cancer, the first thing I'm thinking about, well, who's going to be there to take care of my little boys? And even Mm -hmm. though one, they're they're 10 years apart, one is 19 and one is nine, but they're still my little boy. You know, he was on his Mm -hmm. way to college, and the little one was, you know, going to miss the brother being around him. So that meant that we would be in a transitional situation where that I would basically – be in a situation to try to help change his life to where he would not miss his brother as much. And so, like I said, that was my first my first thought, what am I going to do with, you know, how am I going to live to be able to take care of them? And, um, you know, money was not a factor to me because if you don't have good health, it doesn't matter about money. And Mm -hmm. I think all of those things started coming to pass because, hey, I know what it's like not to be able to pay that light bill. I know what it's Mm -hmm. like uh, not to be able to go out to eat when everybody else is talking about they're going out to eat. Or I know how $5 is a big deal to hold on to just in case you just need some money to take the toll road. So I Mm -hmm. I understand about those type of things. So like I said, when that that happened, then – my focus was just I need to get healthy so I can be able to take care of my children. I need to be here for them. I want to watch their children grow up. I want to be a grandmother. I want to be uh, a support system for my nieces and my nephews. And I want to be that rock in the family to show them what it's like how to endure through hard times, hardship, along with a health crisis. And so that's, uh, those were the things that went through my mouth.
6: Wow. never.
2: It didn't sound like anything necessarily that you were
0: worried about yourself in the sense of, you know, what was me? What am I going to do? But how can I be here for my family? And how do I get better? So what was that that journey like? Because now you have a cause that you can advocate for and support other people going through it and maybe even understand more of what women have gone through prior to you learning about it for yourself. So what was the the next thing? Now you're getting healthy, you're going to be here for your children. Um, would, did you ever question anything about the music because I didn't hear you say that?
2: No, because the the what I'm realizing is that the music is a part of me, but it's me that I'm wanting people to know. It's Candace mm-hmm. Woodson that was uh, a little girl that had a dream. And uh, things didn't turn out like she really wanted them to in the beginning because, um, unfortunately, I grew up in an abusive environment, and we had to basically run for our lives. And and I had to deal with that, and then I had to still try to be strong and believe that dreams could come true when you're not in an environment to where people really live out their dreams, where they kind of do the status quo of what you think is typical to do. So I looked at all of that in, 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 in the midst of, um, like I said, hard times. When I realized that I had my cancer and that I had to fight through it, I never internalized having cancer. It okay. never... Was a part of me It never came inside of me It always stayed on the outside of me Because I never took it in Because I never felt like it was a part of me And because of that It let me know Okay, now here is the rest of my story Because I personally Mm -hmm. thought That I had gone through enough in my life That as an entertainer I could tell my story And it'd be enough but well, God knew that I needed to add something else to this story to wake uh-huh. people up to see that I've been through so much, but I can't stop. The music keeps calling me. The music uh-huh. keeps it, it keeps coming. And so that's what I that's what happened in me. If I can just get busy, break that door down, make somebody pay attention. You have to get out there and show people that you are this artist that I created you from birth and they need to see it and you're gonna to touch lives and you're gonna bring people together and it's gonna be a movement. And all of a sudden people who thought that they couldn't do something, they're gonna know that they can.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm Very i am I'm I'm it's not just words, you are captivating. <laughs>
4: I'm
0: nodding <laughs> and I'm agreeing and almost losing my next question, but I'm I'm here. I didn't lose my question. So <laughs> we are here with artist Candice Woodson, and head out to her website. She's going to share that information and social media information with you in just a moment, so that you can follow her. But her resilience and determination is, is I mean just for life. So I'm just thinking, what about the competition for you? Because there are many people that don't have so much talent and have the ability to go far in the music industry too. So talk about uh, outside of your competition, you know, get healthy and, and, you know, beat this thing called life, live it up. What is it like in the music industry for you to make sure that you stay on your your best game because, you know, maybe talent isn't enough, or is it? it?
2: It isn't. I mean, you said it, talent isn't enough. Um, it it's, it really is God's grace and mercy. And, and and it really is, you know, there's no other way around it that it is he who has compassion on whom he chooses to have compassion upon. And what we have to do is we just have to pray and humble ourselves to him and say, God, please listen to me and let my dreams come true. And in the meantime, while I'm trusting you to do this, I'm going to do everything I can because faith without works is dead. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk as if, and I'm going to believe that you hear me, and I'm going to take every step that I can in order to become the entertainer that I desire to be. So when you're talking about competition, I know it, because I've tried out for America's Got Talent, and I was told by one of the judges, they said, why haven't you made it? You got the sound, you have to look. I don't understand. I said, I don't understand it either. And so she said, well, uh, uh, is there a story? I said, well, yeah, you know, I took some time off because I helped my son, you know, in his tennis and with the mom, such and so forth. She said, you need to tell it. You need to tell that story because just by far people who are less talented and they they're out there but what is missing with you? So the end result is I didn't make it all the way to Las Vegas with America's Got Talent. And I'm crushed. Uh-huh. Crushed again because I'm like I keep trying. So then I try it out for the voice. Uh-huh.
6: Uh-huh. And I get there
2: and we're hurt and we're herded in like cattle and we're told to stand on this little piece of tape, sing for a minute or two, and then you heard it out and you're told, All right, none of you all made it, you're done. I'm like I can't wow. believe this. I'm like no way, oh, wow. no way, no way. I'm here because I know I got it. Let me tell you my story. Let me sing another song. Didn't give me a chance. And I'm wow. like, God, what was I? I wasn't young. I wasn't um, somebody who was willing to compromise my standards. I'm not going to be showing flesh, uh, but I'm going to represent. Now don't get it twisted. <laughs>
6: But right, the right, thing right.
2: is <laughs> but the thing is, what it showed me was that they're not looking for talent. This industry is not looking for people who are talented. They're looking for somebody who can sell sex or who can sell emotion that compromises integrity. Because this world is not into building up. This world is into destroying and trying to see how they can take advantage of how many people that they can take advantage of. So since I wasn't offering that, then I didn't fit in. So they've done everything they can to try to block me. But it's not going to work because I refuse to give you're a survivor
0: on all counts. Surviving to live your purpose is what I theme this show on today. I want to stop for a second before we go back into some more of the interview, and I want you to share your social media as well as your website with the audience.
2: All righty. You want me to share it now? Yes, go ahead. Uh, oh, great. Okay. Uh, you can find me at uh, com. That is the webpage. I am happy to be with JDS. Uh, you know, uh, they have social media. JDS has just made a major impact on uh, getting the word out, and, uh, you know, they're a big part of this interview today. I have to give a shout-out to them. But Absolutely. they, you can find me on can, uh, um, you know, Candace uh, Woodson Music. That's the fan page. You can Twitter me, Candace underscore Woodson, at Twitter. Um you know, there's just if you just Google in Candace Woodson, you're gonna you're, you're gonna find me because I'm trying to make sure that that's the name that uh, everybody nationwide will know stands for something, and and it's like I said, it's a part of the movement.
0: Now there's some more people. Absolutely, big shouts out to JDS Certified. Uh, for pulling this interview together and having us here together. So big shouts to them. But there's some more people on your journey that I know that you want to spend some time saying thank you to or um, giving them a little bit of recognition to. Do you want to do that at this time?
2: Yeah, I can do that. You know, first of all, I always have to uh, thank, you know, God is first. And I always thank him for for the opportunity. And then behind that, you're going to always hear me talk about, my boys, my family, mm-hmm. you know, they are my support system. They support mommy. and But I'm leading by mm-hmm. example. I do not want to tell them to live out their dreams, and I don't finish this. And that's why mm-hmm. after the cancer, I said, I must finish. I can't let cancer come back into my life. I cannot let another disease come into my life. I can't let another tragedy come into my life. I must finish. And that's where you see me now. I have to finish this because they have to tell their children that we saw her live it, we saw her complete it. My nieces and my nephews, I want to be such a role model for them so they can live out their dreams. And, of course, my mom, I'm I'm so thankful for the support that she's always given me. And uh, uh, like I said, so many other people here on Hilton Head Island that they've been such a support system from day one that they've called me the queen of the, uh, you know, coastal empire because I do a lot of mm-hmm. Tina Turner and I do a lot of Aretha Franklin. I, I do, you know, shock, I'm able to do a lot of the female renditions and really, and they can see that uh, I'm pulling it all per se. And I'm thankful for that because I know God gave me that. And also um, I'm looking forward to uh, doing some recording with uh, Maximus Records. Uh, that's coming up right. uh, this week. That's coming up this week, as a matter of fact. Okay. So, um They're going to help me finish the project. I began the project in Nashville, Tennessee, with Kendall Duffy, and uh, he's worked with people such as Incognito. Um, He's working with Rachel Cruz, Terry Cruz's wife right now. Um, He's working with several others, and he is really basically our UK connection. But uh, to finish the project, uh, we am working through Maximus Records and, um, you know, um heavy shout out to them for helping me to um get get to the completion date that I was looking for.
0: Now as I was going over your information, Oprah is one of my Mentors, whether she she doesn't know that, but she can maybe come <laughs> in one day and hear this. But anyway, <laughs> I see that you have taken up some of the same space that she did at the studio or radio station that she got her start on. So, yep. what was, was did you care, or, was, or am I the only one like Oprah? Oprah crazy?
6: <laughs> oh no,
2: I'm I'm with you. That's why I said, you know what? To <laughs> someone else, that little statement that was made to me maybe nothing, but it is such a big deal to me
7: Huge. because.
2: Yes. I started where Oprah started, and I was hired by the same man that hired her. And for him to see something in me and say she's just like Oprah, I mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice but to make it. Because mm-hmm. if you can see those characteristics, then I, am, I don't have a choice but to answer the call. And my prayer is mm-hmm. one day that I can meet Oprah too, and one day I would like to also have – a show that I'm able to impact other people's lives as an entertainer, but at the same time as a sounding board or as somebody that they can see that you know she's she's not just talking it; she's living it. She lived it. She's telling me what I can mm-hmm. actually do because she's actually been through it. And that's who Oprah is. Mm-hmm. She overcame. She. I'm, I'm like you. We have that bond, you and I. Oprah is our girl. Oh, yeah, we we are yeah, we Oprah crazy. Over Nettie, Okay. I was just like, ah, oh! yes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I was in the same place where she started and hiding by the same guy. And
0: I'm like, oh, wow, gosh. what would be That's the chances a, that? Is, of yeah, that. Yeah, that would have been a wild moment for me, too. I probably would have passed out, but
2: yes. yeah, I was excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was excited to read that. I was like, she sat there, so all I got to do is get to you. Touch you and I'm that much closer to Oprah. That's what I've decided in my head. I made that. I
4: made it. Up. <laughs> I love
2: that. <laughs> but if I get to, hey, whichever one gets to her first, we don't let the other one know. So if I get to Oprah That's first, right. you can best believe you in. I'm calling and say, girl, get over here because
4: Oprah is and here. I, I
0: just fall right out. But yeah, they have to carry me over on a journey. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm excited about your journey, and we're gonna play your song, All It Takes, in just a moment. Um, okay. But I always like to ask someone who's living their dream, who have overcome many things, whether it's being a mom, because there are people that say, oh, I can't because I have kids. Oh, I can't because I got to pay my light bill. Oh, I can't because I don't have enough money. Oh, I can't because you fill in the blank. But you haven't Uh taken any excuses. You said you started and you stopped, which for someone listening to this right now, understand that may be part of the process for you. Um, But I want to know what advice. What advice do you have to those who I can't because you fill in the blank? Um, What advice do you have to those people who can't or won't live their dream because they feel like something in life is holding them back from doing so?
2: Well, the first thing is they have to get rid of the can't. Because in my house, that is not a word. It really does not exist. And so, you know, all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he didn't leave out anything. He said, "All things." So uh-huh. the way that we help our children is that we must exercise our faith, because without it, it's impossible to please them. It's, it's impossible to achieve. So somehow, we as parents, the key begins with our faith. We must have a faith. I'm not. I'm not trying to tell people that they have to be uh, over the top with it but you must have some type of belief system that's unwavering because in anything if you doubt you're not getting it. So if if parents could somehow create a foundation of their faith and then act as if I can tell you this story. When we moved to Hilton Head, we just left Tennessee and we moved to Hilton Head on faith without a dime in my pocket and nobody even knows that. But I knew that Columbia was not the place for us to be, and that my oldest had a gift in tennis, and that he had to get where it is, where well, he needed to be where it was. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. one of the one of the pros said to me when I said, "Man, should I move down here?" He said, "You got to be like Martin Luther King. You don't worry about how you're going to get there. You just take the next step." And that's what I did. Packed up. And everyone laughed because I was pretty stable in, in Nashville at the time. And if you see where I moved to compared to where I moved from from Nashville, Tennessee, the friends that moved me, they said Candice went from a mansion to a shack. But it wow. didn't matter. It didn't matter because I just wanted to live out the dream. I just that faith that I had in my music, even though I wasn't pursuing it, I was trying to instill it in my kids to let their gifts make room for them. Mm-hmm. and that's the way that I've just always operated. If it's something that they need to achieve, we're just going to do it. We're going to ask mm-hmm. that person if they can help us. We're going to see what programs that they have, and if that doesn't work, then we're going to find someplace else. But we are if it's something that we need to achieve, we're going for it. So get rid of can't. Get rid of that it won't happen. It will happen. You just got to find the place to make it happen. You just got to find that place. And I nothing is a limitation. If others if others can put their schools, their children in prep schools, I can put mine in a prep school. If others can let their their children play tennis, I can let mine play tennis too. Because he's not unjust. He said he wouldn't do for one that he wouldn't do for the other. So I'm just walking. I'm just going. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. now not only is that child in college on a tennis scholarship, but now my 9-year-old is training at the same place to where he trains, and I came here with nothing. Wow.
0: Nothing but your dream, right?
2: Nothing but the dream. There's nothing but the dream and (laughs) the walking as if.
0: That's absolutely (laughs) powerful for our children. Before I started doing this radio show six years ago, my kid, my older two children, are adults now, and they said they never believed me when I told them to live their dream because I wasn't doing it. So that's Woo! a very powerful statement. When you and they didn't, it was after I started doing the radio show that I guess it was relevant for them to bring up because they didn't think I meant it. So you're doing um, something that's giving them permission to do that, and other people that you're mentoring, whether you are aware of who they are or not, you're giving them permission to do the same thing. And that that is a very powerful statement because it, it broke me down a bit when my kids said that because it's like all this time I'm giving lip service and they they weren't yep. buying into it. They was like, well, yeah, okay, yep. whatever, Mom. Exactly. In a
2: sense. Yep. Yep. And then when I and took I, the – go ahead, jump in. No, no, no. I was going to say, and we can't help them unless we help ourselves. And that's really the truth. Mm-hmm. So there was no way to teach them to reach their maximum potential unless I had reached mine. Absolutely. Well,
0: we've been talking and having a great time with Miss Candace Woodson, and we're going to listen to her song, All It Takes. Candice, could you introduce your song, and I'll press play when you do.
2: Okay. This song is entitled All It Takes. It was written by myself and Kendall Duffy. And the song Allow someone to have break down a wall about love. You know, we all need it. We're all trying to figure out how we can get to it. And if you are that person who is healthy now, you can tell that other person how they can get what you have. And that's why this song was written, All It Takes.
6: Tell me why we often fall You say you only need a friend Well open up and let me in
0: much for staying tuned to this needs to be said we themed the show today candace surviving to live your purpose and you've done that through life circumstances all the way around as well as fighting to stay on top of your game and living your dream and as well as giving your children permission to do the same so i want to say thank you for sharing and thank you for living your life with a purpose
2: Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for embarking upon, you know, the story of my journey. June 29th is the release date worldwide where that song can be bought. Please, everybody, do what you can to help support me in this mission to help others be able to live out their dreams. All right. Now will they be able to go through your website to get that? Through my website to get that. Yeah. It can world June twenty ninth, it can be purchased worldwide, iTunes. Okay. Anywhere. Yep. Yeah, so we're okay. that's the goal. We're trying to get that message out and we I appreciate you playing it and um I'm you know, I'm feeling good that you're getting good response. I'm glad about that too. And there's so much more to come. Let everybody know that's just the beginning. These other songs that we're gonna bring out Everything is motivational. Everything is encouraging. Everything is going to bring back music that made us feel good, music that helped us to feel emotion, that we could remember where we were when we heard it, or that it has a connection with another individual of some sort. Mm-hmm. Somehow that we want to bring that back and live entertainment to where when they see me perform live, they're going to never forget it. Because that's the way All right, now. An entertainer. that's the way an entertainer should be. That's that one moment that you will always remember.
0: All right, now, So give them the website one more time, Candace, before you go. And thank you
2: again. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. www.candacewoodson, that's C A N D A C E, woodson, W O O D S O N dot com. That's Twitter, Candace underscore Woodson at Twitter. Um, like I said, on my on my uh, web page, you you'll have all the information that you need to contact me. Facebook, the Candace Woodson music page. There's uh, so many uh, ways that you can contact us. We want to come to a city near you. So do whatever you can to tell somebody that look, we got to get Candace Woodson. It's a movement. We got to get her there.
0: All right. All right. All right, well, much success as you continue to work towards promotion as well as the
2: release date on June
0: 29th. All right.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. And and best of luck to you and your show. I think it's wonderful. It's very inspire, inspiring and encouraging. Also, best thank you so much. Thank you for saying so. Thank you.
0: Next up is Politics with Valerie's son, because he knows politics. He teaches us each week to pay attention to the first few minutes of the news, and we'd have an idea of what's going on in the world of politics. Well, he's coming now to get us filled in, just in case you didn't do your homework. Hey, how are you?
6: I'm
8: doing wonderful. It's always great to be able to come on another Monday and bring you political news on a very hot, hot and somebody was scorching. Monday here in the city of Charlotte the temperatures are near 100 degrees. And, of course, it's always interesting coming uh, on uh, each week and hearing some of the great people that come before me and after me, like the stuff we just heard from uh, Candace Woodson. It's always a great thing when we have a variety of people there on the show. But uh, the big news is, again, great segue you had by people listening to the news and being aware of what's happening. And they would already know that we are officially going to name our new police chief. And um, the new police chief is going to be Mr. Kirk Putney. Who was one of the people we actually discussed when we first initially talked about Ronnie Monroe stepping down on July 1st when he first announced that he would step down? This again was one of the names that came up. Mr. Putney is a 23 year veteran of the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Force. Now, an announcement is going to be made actually later on today. And this has uh, kind of been confirmed by City Council Member Claire Fallon that uh, he will indeed become the next police chief. Now, her uh, statement with that was that, Vesky, that's what we train people for. That once someone steps down, others are trained, ready, and willing to step right into their position. Of course, it saves, it saves a lot of money where it doesn't have to do a search firm and you know go worldwide looking for a new police chief. When many thought and felt that we had a good candidate right here uh, in our mission, many of them felt there was not a better choice. Now, again, Mr. Putney is the longest serving of the CMPD's five deputy chiefs. Now, that's going to take place again today. Later on today, they're going to have an announcement, official announcement, so, announced Mr. Putney as the new chief. Now, he'll take over only weeks before the police department's operations and policies go on trial with one of his own officers. Of course, we've talked so much about it, but now we are approaching the actual trial date for Officer uh, Wes Carrick, who now faces a voluntary manslaughter in connection with the uh, 2013 death of Jonathan Farrell, who we know is the unarmed young man that was shot uh, 10 times in close range by Officer Carrick's gun. We're going to now determine, or it's going to be determined, whether or not they will justify what the circumstances behind that were. Now, Mr. Putney was the head of the CNPD's criminal investigation at the time of the officer's arrest, and he certainly was involved in the decision to charge Mr. Carey. It appears that Mr. Putney has been quietly auditioning for the role as chief for the past several weeks. Uh, and a June cell of the cops and barbers have been, were actually held uh, at one of the barbershops up people. He actually was there with Mr. Monroe, and all Rodney Monroe did basically was introduce him, and Mr. Putney kind of served as moderator, took all the toughest questions, kind of came back, went on the answers. So it's certainly no surprise to a lot of us that kind of were in the North that it seemed that Mr. Putney would be the next uh, officer to step in. So it's kind of interesting to have, uh, which doesn't always take place, but you certainly have one uh, African-American man stepping down in favor of another one to come in and continue to run this fine city as the officer of the police chief. Blackenburg County Commissioners kind of got a good reminder, I guess, on last, this was last Wednesday, um exactly how many people feel the need to let the commissioner know what they should do with their money and how it should be spent. There were many groups that came speaking about the county's tax fund. And you heard speaker after speaker come and tell the board about their cause and a way to have their say on the $1.6 billion budget proposal by county manager Dina D'Arrow. Now, you have more than 30 people, probably about 15 to 20 groups, advocating for everything from charlotte Mecklenburg Schools and the Arts and Science Council to libraries and programs for the homeless, elderly, and the poor. Uh, the groups that certainly play a major role in funding all of these groups come down. Basically, any group can do this. You come down, and you basically are telling the county commission why, in fact, your group organization needs more funding, needs more from the county, and giving them a kind of overview of what it is that you're representing or you're representing. Now, each year, the public hearing is a civic lesson on what services the county performs because it certainly gives you an idea of all the many things that have fallen upon the kind of the offices of the county. It's required by the state before the board votes on its budget for the next fiscal year. And in this case, most politics, fiscal years go from the beginning of July to next July. The board is expected to kind of take a straw vote on Thursday, and it's going to have a big effect on exactly what organizations are going to get money, if they're going to get any more, where it's going to be spent, how it's going to be spent. And the vote basically gets down, okay, what particular companies groups are we going to focus on, are we going to vote on, are we going to talk about, and that's generally how that goes when they get down to who exactly they're going to fund, how it's going to be sold. Now, the proposed budget did freeze county property taxes, but it did not fund a 2% pay increase for CMS employees that the district had requested. Now, Ms. Diarro explained that the county isn't responsible for pay raises for state employees, and she thought that that was something to be handled on the state level, which is why she said she did not increase to 2%. And again, that would have covered all CMS employees across the board. The proposed budget includes no money to out of teacher assistance or to pay for driver's education. Other programs in the school district wish list of the state funded kind of remains in limbo because it was based solely on that amount of money. Now, the budget did give CMS schools 14 million more than they got this year, but that's kind of far shy of the 40 million that they had requested. It includes 3.2 million of the nearly 8 million CMS requested for over 2,000 new charter school students that are going to enroll in the fall, meaning the district would have to find about 4.8 million of its operating budget to make up the difference. Mr. Arrow stressed that 52% of the recommended budget goes to education and literacy programs, but that didn't keep away an army of teachers. They certainly were about that many there. It looked as if it was a small army. Parents and advocates on Wednesday who tried to persuade the commission to add more money for CMS, there were actually more advocates there for CMS school than probably anyone else all combined. Now, 14 million increase proposed, again, by Mr. Arrow. Remember, 8 million of that is going to go to charter schools. So actually, you're looking at about half of that $14 million. Several teachers and CMS counselors who spoke said they have to work other jobs to help pay their bills, and they use that as a reason why the increase would be so helpful. It got to the point that actually Commissioner Jim Puckett had to stop the hearing and explain to speakers that making disparaging remarks about government officials was against rules—many um, many, many rules—but certainly the rules of ethics there in the building. Other commissioners didn't agree because you, you can complain, you can, but you can't just directly make derogatory comments to members of the board. Again, these are elected officials. So it did get to the point that it kind of got heated because there were, again, many people, as you would suspect, at a meeting where, just like if you and I were to come in and we propose something we're very passionate about, we take a lot of money to so go into what it is we're trying to do, at least some money. So you have a lot of different uh, avenues going because what you think is important, I may not think is important, and vice versa. And, again, this is all about tax dollars. Certainly one of the biggest stories and kind of the most, I think, um, uh, strange and unique stories that took place this week involved the case of Spokane, Washington, where we heard the NAACP leader. Ms. Rachel Dolezal, she came out and spoke this week, actually was under pressure this week to kind of speak on, I guess, her ethnicity because the opinion uh, of everyone around her that she was African-American, when in fact she's not. Well, as a result of all the controversy today, earlier today, she actually stepped down as the NAACP Spokane chapter president. Now she again resigned under a fury of racial identity that erupted after her parents came forward to say that she'd been as black for years, but she's actually white. The announcement was posted on the Civil Rights Organization's Facebook page as well as its overall NAACP page, and it said that the attention surrounding Donazel had distracted from the, goal, the group's goals. Now, meanwhile, in Spokane, they are actually investigating whether or not she lied about her ethnicity when she landed an appointment to the city's police oversight board. On her application, she said her ethnic origins include white, black, and American Indian. Now, the 37-year-old Donazel actually has light, a very light brown complexion. She has kind of dark curly hair. Many of you, I think by now, have seen pictures of her. It's kind of been a t- hot story on um, several different sites to see a picture of her where she does appear against some two-look African-American. She also attended Howard University, which we all know is a very historic HBCU. She teaches African studies at a local university in Spokane, and she was married for quite a while to a black man. Now, the controversy over racial offenses, offenses kind of unfolded last week. After those of parents told the media that their daughter is white with a trench of Native American heritage, they proposed photos of her as a young girl with a pale complexion and straight blonde hair, which led to most of this controversy. Now, Her mother, Ruth Ann of uh, Montana, told her that she had no contact with her daughter for several years. She said race began to disguise herself as her parents adopted four African-American children more than a decade ago, so she would kind of perhaps blend in with the other adopted children. Now, Ms. Donazelle initially dismissed the controversy, setting the roles of litigation between other relatives who have divided the family. Last week, the National NWSP actually stood by her, saying one's racial identity is not a qualifying criteria or a disqualifying standard for NWSP leadership. But she had come under increasing pressure from local chapter members to resign. One of those members, Patricia Johnson, of the group in Spokane, of the organization, who had been calling for her to step down, welcome the resignation, she said that the most important thing now is to focus on the work of the NAACP and that she hopes Dolorzell will actually remain a member of the organization. Because by all accounts, she actually Ooh. did an excellent job during her time in the organization. She did, no one's criticizing what she actually done. The only issue seems to be her race. On Friday, police also said they're suspending the investigation into racial harassment complaints filed before the uproar went out with Ms. Dolazel, including one from earlier this year, in which she said she received hate mail at the office. But police released files showing that the hate mail package did not bear a date stamp or a barcode, meaning that it could not have gone through the post office. My those, of those parents appeared on today's show on Monday and said they truly hoped to reconcile their relationship with their daughter in light of all the accidents that have taken place. So, again, that's kind of one of the hot stories of this week when it relates to, um, again, a very, very interesting case of you have someone who's not black living the life of a black person wanting everyone to believe they are black and being the leader of a black organization. For area. She was the Spokane, Washington leader. The U.S. Supreme Court on Monday kind of upheld its lower court ruling that the North Carolina law requiring women to get an ultrasound before an abortion is unconstitutional. The High Court declined to review December's unanimous ruling by a three-judge panel of the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. They struck down a provision in state law. The appeals court found that the 2011 state law was ideological and violated free speech rights, which in a lot of times it does. The court said it was well beyond what other states have tried to do by compelling doctors and nurses to deliver a political message to their patients for something they didn't want to happen. It will require women seeking abortions to have a medical provider describe and display an ultrasound exam near the time of the procedure. Even if the woman objects, she could avert her eyes and refuse to hear the descriptions, the answers they gave. Governor Purdue vetoed this bill back, of to in her time as governor. But the new Republican majority in the General Assembly overrode her veto and the legislation did become law. The federal district court judge blocked the law from going into effect, and then the three-judge panel struck it down in January of last year. The Supreme Court has previously refused to review a similar law in Oklahoma after that state's highest court found it to be also unconstitutional. So very interesting situations happening there. Now you see a case where you have Hassan Harnett. Hassan Harnett has become a, a story, especially here in North Carolina, because he's the first African American to head the party as a self described constitutional conservative, the first chairman championed by grassroots Tea Party Republicans. Now, Hunted beat Craig Collins, who was backed by Governor Pat McCrory, North Carolina's two U.S. Senates, a congressman and lieutenant governor, and leader of the state, House, and Senate, as well as the sitting chairman, which is uh, kind of rare that someone new comes in under in no circumstances and has that success. Now, Massachusetts native, Massachusetts, that was a hard word to say, Massachusetts native. Haunted is an entrepreneur, martial arts enthusiast, and a motivational speaker. Now, he's been a Republican for just five years, and he remains relatively unknown to many in his party, as well as in the state. He worked in finance and real estate and other ventures, including his own startup business that offered online music for college students. Now, Mr. Haunted moved to Harrisburg, which, of course, is located right outside of Charlotte, back in 2005. To start a new job as a financial analyst for the U.S. Bank. I who he said he was a, a political, new to political at the time. He said really had no political affiliations, but he registered as a Democrat. His reason for that is the reason that many people give. He said, uh, as being a Democrat, Republican, or Independent, he would not have known what you were talking about. He didn't know one from the other. He said he registered as a Democrat because that's what most African Americans were. So when he came in the registered, he just did what everyone else does, which, again, happens with, Many people all the time because they don't really know a lot about other political parties other than Republicans and Democrats. Here's a man who said he had no knowledge of any of them. He didn't know one from the other. He simply registered as a Democrat. He gravitated to politics after meeting uh, Tim Johnson, a Republican activist who founded the Frederick Douglass Foundation, which builds itself as the largest Christ-centered, multi ethnic Republican ministry in America. And Mr. Hunter was a Democrat, again, when he voted back in 2008 in the presidential primary. He said he bypassed President Obama and Hillary Clinton and wrote in Ron Paul, who, of course, was a libertarian Republican. He switched parties in 2010 and, of course, started being a Republican. That's when he helped campaign for Christopher Haney, who we, of course, talked about last year, who was the African-American Republican that ran for Beckenberg's sheriff. After the campaign, Mr. Hunter began working for the state's party efforts to recruit more minorities. At the same time, he was learning more about politics. In 2011, he was chosen as a fellow at the North Carolina Institute of Political Leadership which has groomed state political leaders for almost 30 years. Mr. Hunt has is the support of grassroots conservatives, frustrated with the prospect of being led by somebody chosen by the party's establishment. That includes many Tea Party activists. Uh, Hund mentioned his goal is to build the party at a grassroots level as it gets ready for 2016 and kind of uplift it. He sees an analogy of what's happened here in the state with what was similar to what's taking place in Massachusetts. So you have an African American again being the lead of the North Carolina Republican. Party. He is, he is the leader in this. Again, Mr. Hassan Honnett. So that certainly is a name we'll keep, uh, keep our eyes on and hear more and more things take place uh, with Mr. Honnett. North Carolina is going to tweak its election law, requiring North Carolina voters to make their choices on paper ballots under a bill that cleared the Senate Rules Committee on Wednesday morning. This is referred to as House Bill 836. It's a slimmed down and reformulated measure that now carries four election related provisions, including one given counties. That use electronic voting machines more time to make the switch back to paper. Current law requires those direct record electronic voting machines to be phased out before 2018. Under the bill, they can be used August of 2019, but only if a county used such machines this current year. The bill also authorizes a new type of voting device that would allow voters to make their choices on an electronic device, such as a touchscreen machine, which of course is not available anywhere, Which then prints the completed ballot. Those ballots would then be counted by running the paper copies through the scanner. This bill was introduced by Representative David Lewis, who is a Republican out of Hardin County. And, of course, he's the sponsor of this bill. Now, Lewis' bill would allow the State Board of Elections to authorize local counties to use such machines. Currently, the State Board can't certify any new system that doesn't use pre-printed ballots. The manager cleared the rules committee on a voice vote, and now heads to the Senate floor. So we'll see how exactly that takes place now that it's on its way to the Senate floor, exactly if in fact that will change, and if that takes place, then you're gonna look at all counties, especially having the exact same way to vote, and you're gonna have different options of how to vote than you have now. Most of that stuff is available here in Mecklenburg County, but of course it's not throughout the state. Republican um Representative Kevin McCarthy out of California saw reporters reporters there are many different options to revive the trade package that the House derailed on last week. He said a new vote could come as early this week. But Republican leaders must first survey the political and legislative landscape. Now, president Obama has been seeking a fast track negotiations authority, which previous presidents have had, which we talked about here before, simply meaning he can come in and make a decision. It allows the president to send Congress forward trade agreements that lawmakers can ratify or reject, but they cannot change. Uh, president Obama says U.S. products must reach wider markets. So, again, it's already been said, it's just a matter of now of the wording. The labor unions and many liberals are kind of opposed to free trade deals. They say the PACs ship U.S. jobs overseas and reward nations with weak environmental and workplace standards. To derail the fast track, many Democrats voted Friday to kill the program they've embraced for years, which gives federal aid to workers displaced by international trade. The state that combined fast track and the aid program into one bill, enabling House Democrats to bring down the entire package by killing the aid program which most Republicans opposed to begin with. Now, McCartney said others have proposed several possible ways to revive the package, although all carry very serious challenges. So, again, you're going to see exactly fact this being passed. But, again, as we seem to talk about each week or almost every week, you see something else that's been proposed by the president, that there's a lot of voting going on back and forth. And many things are split exactly now political parties. we Republicans are leaning one way, Democrats another way. But in this case, you certainly did have some Democrats to come back on the other side. So we're going to see exactly how that goes. But it's a very significant bill, and it's looking to, again, be passed in the uh, near future because you're delaying a lot of other things that are taking place with this not being passed already. Uh, A few other things before we get out. One being, although not made official yet, as we talked about for several months, it's very clear that former Florida Governor Jeb Bush is, in fact, going to run for president. So when I come on next week, I fully expect to be able to tell you, that he in fact has made his announcement that he is going to be just another person joining the Republican list of people running for president,
1: but he's kind of come
8: under a little fire. And normally, when you get ready to run for something, there's typically when stories come out about you, things come out you have to defend and answer. Because the news reporters other things actually when you're there and kind of describes your character to some degree. Now, again, Republican presidential contender Jeb Bush said the views towards single mothers have evolved, as he suggested 20 years ago. They we were becoming too accepted by society. In a book he wrote back in 1996, it was co-authored by Brian and Blinsky. It expressed concerns about changing cultural norms and wrote, regarding unwed motherhood, that there was no longer a stigma attached to this behavior. The chapter was titled, The Restoration of Shame. Now on Thursday, Mr. Bush told reporters his book, Profiles and Character, was a policy piece on cultural indicators. And despite his tone on single mothers, the focus was more on holding fathers accountable. He quoted as saying, my views have evolved over time, but my views about the importance of dads being involved in the lives of the children has not changed at all. After writing the book, Mr. Bush went on to serve again two terms as Florida governor. In those two terms, he sought legislation as governor, making it difficult for fathers to escape paying child support. Mr. Bush made these comments after meeting with Poland's president, foreign minister, preliminary speakers there, and other figures that were out in Poland. Now, his plans, a similar meeting for upcoming weeks where, again, he's going to be asked this a lot. It's something he's trying to delve down and be finished with, but that certainly was an interesting topic that he discussed in his book back then in 1996. So it's going to something that's going to constantly come up. So there will probably be other reports I'll be giving or other times where he will have to again, clarify exactly what he meant by single mothers, unwed mothers, motherhood. And there was again there was a whole chapter written about it in the book that he read and written back in 1996. So that again the profiles and character by Jeb Bush in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, Lindsey Graham, well known, we all have done several stories on Mr. Graham. He's a current U.S. Senator who has already announced that he's running for president. But
1: well, the
8: issue has come up of him being a bachelor, and it seems to be getting more and more attention nationwide. Now the Republicans face questions about his unmarried status for years and every campaign he's had in South Carolina. A request for details about his personal life, again, had picked up since Mr. Graham announced he was going to be a Republican candidate for president. He did that earlier this month. Now, he was asked recently about being single, and Mr. Graham told several different publications that he has a book coming out about his life very soon. And he responded kind of jokingly, he said, for the flurry of different headlines. One of the things he said is that uh, when he was asked about having a First Lady, he said well, he has a sister who could play the role of necessary, and he said he has a lot of friends and he could possibly have a rotating first lady. Now, bachelors have rarely won a president. Uh, currently, only James Buchanan is the only president to ever remain a lifelong bachelor. Having said the first lady comment was a joke. Graham McGean had to go back and say that he was once very close to marrying, but at the time he was taking care of his sister, Darlene Graham, uh, after the death of their parents, who actually were 15 months apart. Their parents died 15 months apart. Graham has made caring for his sister the central part of his campaign. He used the story to stress the commitment to family and to preserving a safety net program that helps people who follow hard times. After their parents died, uh, Graham was still a student at the University of South Carolina. His younger sister went to live with an aunt and uncle. Graham then came home from college on weekends to take care of her. Now, his sister currently lives in Lexington, and uh, Graham has always been like a father figure to her. He actually has adopted her her many years ago so that he could receive her medical benefits to to in turn take care of her then. So he used that one reason that he has not gotten married. But again, Mr. Graham is not alone with being single. He is one of more than 100 million Americans over the age of 18 who are unmarried. According to a U.S. census, unmarried people account for about 44% of U.S. residents, 18 and older. So I don't know how big a story or how big an issue it is. It's just kind of unusual when you see the political circuit today, to see someone very successful running for the office, especially the office president, and not being married. It's very rare for mayors, governors. Really, really elected officials in general, not to, i be married, especially one with the experience of Mr. Graham, who's been doing this for as many years as he has, in, um, in the state of South Carolina. Because, again, it's something that's going to be mentioned, it's going to be talked about, something they're going to hear. I don't know how big a story this is going to evolve into, but he's been running representing the state of South Carolina since 1992. So long-time we will see exactly how that goes, but it is kind of unusual. And one final thing, Governor Rick Snyder of Michigan signed into law Thursday letting private adoption agencies with state contracts decline to participate in referrals against their religious beliefs, despite criticism that it amounts to government-sanctioned discrimination against gay couples. The Republican governor said the legislation confides an existing practice within the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, which relies on private agencies to help find temporary or permanent homes for around 13,000 children um, at any given time in the state of Michigan. Only two other states, Virginia and North Dakota, have laws that are clear and allowing private adoption agencies to turn away prospective parents for religious reasons. One day after acting the bill, they cleared the Republican-controlled legislature along party lines. Opponents compared the legislation expected to be challenged in court to religious objective law in Indiana. There was soft and back backlash, I remember talking about, around the time of the uh, NCAA Final Four, the end of March, that was the big story in, in Indiana. There seems to be something very similar to it. Governor Snyder denied that the law discriminates, saying that it just reiterates his past threat to veto a broader religious freedom bill unless the state's civil rights laws is expanded to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation. Now, the Michigan Catholic Conference and others have lobbied for the adoption legislation for years, thinking that it was just unconstitutional and it has had a huge issue with it. Michigan has 105 licensed adoption and foster care agencies, about 25% of which are faith-based according to lawmakers. So I guess the, the simplest way to put that is they simply have now that gay couples are not going to be able to go in and adopt children. Many agencies are going to have the right to tell away. So I won't say they can't do it all, but agencies certainly have a right to deny them based on that agency's personal beliefs. So it's going to be difficult to find an agency in the state of Michigan that will allow two same-sex marriage, uh, marriage couples, I guess, to get an adoption. So this is something else you have to bring in the law because, again, things aren't in law. Is up for open interpretation. There's something that's going to be appealed and forth, and we'll see many changes take place. But those are just some of the uh, many, many topics that are taking place uh, this week. There's just so many things that are always happening politically. And, again, many of the things I know, see and hear, because I do what I actually want to do each week, and that is watch the first five minutes of news. And in doing so, again, you're going to hear not only some of the things I mentioned, but so many things that are taking place politically, educationally, so many things that are going to affect you and the people that you, in fact, vote for. So that's how a lot of this um, takes place and happens, because, again, it's kind of hard not to see once you've gotten into the habit of watching the first five minutes of the news. But the easiest way to contact me, as many people have done and continue to do, is to go on Facebook. Once you're on Facebook, you're going to go to Valerie Sun, D-A-L-E-R-I-E, Valerie Sun. Upon doing so, you're going to see the link to Talking Politics. Once you go on Talking Politics, you're going to be able to see different articles that are posted. You're going to see comments as well as be able to make comments to be directed. You're going to see things that are just taking place um, throughout the world of politics. And, of course, my favorite app that I use and most of use daily is This Needs to be Said. Once you've downloaded This Needs to be Said, which now is available on all types of phones, all types of technologies, you can now download This Needs to be Said. In doing so, you're going to hear many, many people that will come over the airways, going to discuss so many different topics. But it also gives you an opportunity to read here or read, listen to this particular segment. And, of course, there's any bill or any law or anything that I've mentioned, that you aren't familiar with, it gives you an opportunity to kind of go back and research it on your own, which I can't encourage you enough to do. Because many times it's broken down and maybe a little clearer, you get more of an understanding of it. When you go actually read this law yourself, because again, all the laws I've mentioned, I think are kind of significant because it affects so many of us, especially here in the Charlotte area or the North Carolina area. So that's something I certainly encourage you to do. And am doing those things, you'll be amazed at the things you'll just be knowledgeable of. I won't say that you'll know, but you'll be knowledgeable of, and it won't be so foreign to you when in fact you are seeing these. And on the flip side, Thanks for a great conversation because many things you did not cover. I've talked about a lot of people and you get a lot of opinions, but the main thing is that information is out there. And that's kind of our goal here each and every week on um, talking politics.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Valerie Sun, for sharing with us what's happening in the world of politics. And you've said a lot, but the biggest topic that, whether you're in politics or not, that came up was the young lady for the NAACP. And it's unfortunate. I really think it's irresponsible of the journalists who needed to out her race when there was nothing that was being derogatory or there was nothing, not derogatory, but nothing that was negative happening, you know? Uh, she was doing good, and now you have people that are scattered. And how are you going to demote her and then hope that she continues to participate? That's crazy.
8: Well, I mean, uh, but, I mean if I put on, my, put on my opinion hat for a second, but actually it was Take yes. a place. Many of them felt she done a great job. That was not the issue. And just that when she was elected and asked to serve as a leader, they did it under the belief that she was a black woman. And then, of course, most but of did the members. But you say to them been... that
0: she was black? Well, she's living her
8: life as a black person. When she was at Harvard University, everyone who went to Harvard with her was under the impression that she was black. Again, she was married to a black man. All of her. But hear
0: what, what you're saying. Yes. They're under the impression, but did they ever ask her? Because you said something about. She wrote down that her nationality was mixed with a few different races, right? right?
6: That's true. So just she because did.
0: people assumed, and because she lived her, she she had a choice, one, if that was in the categories of the race that she's claiming, but they're mad because they assumed? Well, they're kind of
8: offended. They're offended that someone's leading them who is not one of them. That's kind of the offense that they have. Because again, when you're in the room, everyone in the room is black, and their leader is not black. And that's where the issue came about. They kind of uh, are offended that the leader is not one of them. Once it came to light, now again, as she said she was white and then ran and won, that would be a different story. Because there are organizations, there are NAACP offices that are run by white people and people of different ethnicities. So I do want people to know, not every single NAACP president is black. That's far from the truth. However, she was voted in under the belief that she was black. That's just like our current, you know, anyone in another city. Your belief is that you have a leader that's black and then you find out they're not black. That's where the controversy kind of comes in. And that's ultimately led to her stepping down. because They they petty.
0: They petty. Oh, they petty. (laughs) Cut it out. Yeah. Good Lord. Now, if you was planning to be black and then you was, you know, doing something that makes us look bad, then I could see them get upset
6: over there.
8: (laughs) Well, I think we're kind of shocked. because I don't think it's very often that someone who's not black wants to be black. And once
6: we'll you live like yeah, in you being black and being we'll <laughs> black. So I think that's. Let the it be. Problem. Let
0: it, Leave live alone. <laughs> leave her alone. Yeah, nobody goes out of their way to do that. So leave no, alone. Well. But yeah, so that that definitely made news. Um, and so everybody, some you know, definitely ears perked up. Like, what's that really all about? But you always bring us. Intriguing information from the world of politics and just keeping us up to speed with what's going on, so thank you for that, and we will chat with you again on next week, all right? Absolutely. Thank you so much.
9: There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time. do a great thing if you're waiting for that perfect perfect moment that perfect timing is not going
3: to happen
9: you know what you have to do you have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation
10: So, a lot of people become comfortable they stop growing they stop wanting anything They, they become satisfied People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What
9: will keep you in the game? You will never, ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It
10: doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't
9: count. Today, today, the only important day... There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are.
10: Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. That the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm.
9: Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Yeah. I want to
6: thank you for listening to the heart of R&B. DJ Echo DJ Echo DJ, Dramatic. DJ Dramatic. So free yeah. yeah. I
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneasttobeset.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at wwwthisneeds 2 com. We'd love to hear from you.